Have you ever thought about your rights and freedoms regarding your money and its impact by legislation from all levels of government? Welcome to the Information Edge with your host, Darren Yancey. Darren has over 40 years of experience in key sectors of the economy, and he's been knee-deep in politics for over a decade. He's going to get into detail on these sectors, the politics surrounding them, what they mean to you, and how you can protect yourself and be involved. Now, live from Texas, your host, Darren Yancey. Ah, folks, it's been been an interesting week. I'm too hot for Twitter. I got permanently suspended this morning, and for the life of me, I can't tell you why. I really can't. If you go to my site there, uh, it's still up because they haven't taken me down because technically I own the data. I haven't given permission to do it. So everything's there. I can't figure out what it is. It's at DGNC65. I have the Gab account open. You know what? We're going to start working on Gab. I've sent the letter to the attorneys to send over to Twitter. I'm just trying to figure out what it is. And even if I get reinstated, I'm like, you know, don't want to keep dealing with these yahoos. And it kind of leads straight in to what we're going to be talking about today a state renaissance in retaking their power. Because I know right now I keep up with social media. I talk with a lot of you. People are frustrated. They're really frustrated because they're like, we elect people to do a job and and then they go pick their nose or whatever it is they do other than their job. And that's not just Republicans. That's not just at the local level. It's not, it's everywhere. It's like they say one thing, they do another. But it's the worst on the federal level. Now, the way the federal level works is he who has the most numbers in a chamber gets the legislation. Okay, that's that's the rules. I can live by the rules. We've been in this position to have the rules, and we will be in again, by the way. Okay, right now, we're not going to be in a position, if you're conservative, to make the rules. But that doesn't mean that you can sit on your proverbial fanny and do nothing. There's lots of things that can be done because there's still a significant amount of numbers. It's a slight edge in the House. Okay, it's a deadlock in the Senate. These are not mandates where they've got a hundred member uh, superiority in the House or where they've got a 10 or 15 member superiority in the Senate. This is a very divided uh, Congress because we're a very divided country. Okay. But even those that are in those positions should still be fighting for us and they're not. So what can you do? We're frustrated. We'd like to be able to know what we can do. And I'm here today to give you some dead center advice what you can do to help make a difference in protecting your rights and getting some things back at your state and potentially local levels. Because right now on the federal level, look, we're going to, before we wrap up the show, we're going to talk about a few legislative items and some people to contact, I think on the other side of the aisle, we can go through because there's stuff going, but I'm going to dedicate this show to what you can do at the state level. And by the way, if you live outside of my state of Texas, and we know uh, this goes, uh, this particular broadcast goes all over the place. I know a lot of you listen to me on iHeart. It goes all over the place. Um, You can go to informationedge.net. Okay. Go to there. And one of the things I want you to do, you can go up to government sites. Oh, and there's a little drop down that says state sites. And it has, I've done the work for you. I've got every little state in there and you can find out where the committee assignments are and to go through, because a lot of what's going to come out of today is you're going to realize you've got some power. And a lot of the Republican states are not exercising the power. There's two predominant states that are my state and Florida. Majority of them are kind of sit back and watching. And the problem with sit back and watching is reactionary issues have a lot of problem. And I'm going to give you an example of a specific one that's been done in my state that's having a problem right now. But I've done a lot of the work for you. Okay. 
But let's get into the meat of this because uh, with my friends at Twitter deciding that they're going to permanently suspend me, and we'll see if that, that lasts. I don't know how much I want to fight it. I don't know if it's just better I leave it out there into perpetuity and go, there's some of my old tweets. You figure it out, go through, build a Gab account, maybe get her something else on that. I, I'm not a real fan of Parler. I don't like the mechanics of it. I know everybody said it was a, in their servers. I don't like the fact that they're still beholding to other servers that could shut them down. But we have to talk about, this is something, a lack of response, okay? Right now, and I'm, I'm using what I have happened with Twitter, okay? I'm too hot for Twitter for, for whatever reason. This is something that has been talked about for the past couple of years on a federal level of what's called 230 violations, where Section 230 violations, which is where these tech giants are basically dis- using discriminatory practices on their platforms, okay? And their arguments are, hey, by the way, the government can't discriminate your free speech, but we can't because it's our platform. Okay. Provided, provided you have uniform enforcement of the rules. Okay. You guys can go to my Twitter, to my Twitter page right now at DG 65 and scroll through it. And I challenge you to find something that violates the rules. Obviously I've done something that is edgy somewhere, but I haven't, you can go to my gab account. You're not going to find anything. I'm not, I, I don't, I mean, look, I want to invoke your thoughts. I use a lot of smart ass humor when I'm out there. I am a smart aleck. I like to do that, but I put a lot of information out there. Okay. That's why it's called the information edge, by the way, is I'm putting things out there to educate you. Well, the federal government, we already know right now because of what's happening in the two houses, they're not going to do squat. They'll sit around and talk about it, but they're not going to do squat. So the question is, can your states do anything? And the answer is yes. Okay. Now, two particular states, Florida and Texas, and I will say Florida is leading, Texas is following, and a lot of times, you know, I, 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 we put out stuff on, on the governor, you know, why aren't you doing things? Um, bottom line is both passed legislation to try to curtail the selective discrimination that does come through on social media. Now, unfortunately, the way those were set up, both have been challenged in court. The Florida law has already been struck down as constitution, and the Texas law will probably be as well because it has many of the same problems. Now, does that mean that they should stop? The answer is no. Okay. Just because you don't get it right the first time, just because you may have to fight a lawsuit doesn't mean you stop because I can promise you these tech giants are not stopping. So what could a state do to help rein some of this in to protect your issue? So, I mean, that should have at least been told if I'm going to be suspended, permanently suspended, what did I do? I mean, did I defecate on Jack's foot? Did I pour gas on his foot and light it on fire? No, didn't do it. At least if, if I did, it was in my sleep. So my question is, why was yours truly permanently suspended? I do have a right to know. And I can assure you when they get the legal letter, something, somebody will vomit up something and here's what it is. And we'll see what it is and challenge it or not. I don't know. I, I got mixed emotions. I've had issues since Jan- really going back into last year as to whether or not, and especially after they basically took down President Trump, do you continue to support a platform that obviously is anti-free speech and is obviously anti-American? And I've had a real issue with it because I'm looking at, okay, I've got some establishment on it. I've been out here doing it. We've been promoting the show. We've been doing things. But oh, this is starting to get to me. And this may be the straw that just says, piss on you. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to put you out if you're on fire. Let it go. This may be that one. But 
in the in the terms of how do we protect the masses against obviously this is trying to silence people well trying to regulate on a state level with the way it was attempted in texas and florida has been struck down so they got to go back to the table and say okay what could we do we know both states are willing to do things legislatively and i think other states we've got roughly 30 states that are uh, controlled republican in the legislatures uh 23 of those have republican governors you guys need to, to do some things get off your duff and make a difference if you live outside of Texas and Florida and you live in a Republican legislative control state and or with a Republican governor, you need to be wearing out your membership in your Senate and whether it's a, your House of Representatives or you know whatever they, they call them at, at, at that level and find out why they're not doing anything. Now, here's something that can be done. And this gets into, we, we start talking about Really, it's antitrust issues, okay? There's a great article that has come out. I'm not going to take the time to go into all of this article, but effectively, um, people over, there was a guy at Harvard said, hey, I don't want to see Facebook broke up. I don't want to see, um, treat them like, you know, what they've done is wrong. I want to treat them like a utility. Ooh, you know Why? Because it's against the law for public utilities to discriminate. Holy Moses. There's a thought process. So there's a gentleman kind of came out. Now, this is the, the article is a couple of years old, basically came out and pointed out some very good things that right now, the if you look at, for example, Facebook's really the big one of all the practices, all the apps, Instagram, WhatsApp, all the things that they have, they, they have no question a monopoly out there, as does Twitter. Okay. And that is where if those monopolies start becoming detrimental to the public, and I think discrimination is definitely detrimental, that the federal government has the ability and has the responsibility under the Sherman Antitrust Act to go in and either regulate or potentially bust up. What this gentleman's saying, no, no, let's not do that. Let's just regulate them like a public utility. And if you regulate them like a public utility, well, that changes some things. That changes the game. And every state regulates their own utilities. Do you see where I'm going with this? Okay. This is something where you can be contacting your state legislative body. Okay. Contact your house rep, contact your state senator and say, okay, what are you guys doing to turn Facebook, Twitter, and these big tech giants into a public utility and regulate them to go through? Now we're up against a hard break. We come back and we'll expand on this a little bit more because you might be going, well, I need more, Darren. So right now we're going to pay some bills, get a little iced tea. We'll be right back because you're listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. Don't go away. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In the spirit of Have Couch, We'll Travel. Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling. Whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. 
Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to The Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to The Information Edge. And we're having a lot of fun in covering how you can empower your states to start taking back some of your rights. Now, when we left at the break, I was telling you about how to potentially regulate some of these social media giants as utilities. And I'm going to quote from a particular article that came out. And this is about two years ago, came out of the Harvard Business Review. And they were talking specifically, in this case, about Facebook and how it could apply. And I want to give you very specific, because when you start pushing this, some states are going to go, eh, I don't get it, but a lot will. The company's industry can be hard to define because the company's holdings and technological features change so quickly, as does the overall sector. The same can be said of the other large consumer Internet firms. Given Facebook's many platforms, which includes Messenger, WhatsApp, Instagram, and the Big Blue app, the firm covers social media, photo sharing, and messaging, among other industries. Given this, this person would contend that in the United States, Facebook has a dominating presence in each of its consumer areas of activity. This suggests that the primary markets in which it operates services are indeed no longer competitive. Now, why is that an important statement? And I think you could say the same thing with Twitter going through. 
Okay, under U.S. antitrust law, the federal government has a responsibility when a market is no longer competitive, and I think we have many issues that they've not done their job on really since the 90s, okay? There's things that either you step in and you have to do regulation on, which would be Section 230 under U.S. code, or you bust them up. Now, since the feds aren't doing squat right now, what can the states do? Well, the states can come in and say, because of the way that you are the purveyor of information, because of the reliance of people to get information through you, we're going to classify you as a utility. Now, understand, I recognize that it's reaching for a little bit of, you know, thunder from down under. But my point is this. If the states try to regulate these tech giants as utilities, it puts the federal government in a box. Okay, they have to do one of two things. Either they have to let it stand. Okay, and then that means the state can go out and regulate, (laughs) add rules, and you can't regulate, you can't discriminate if you're a public utility. Okay, or it forces the feds to act. It puts them in a box. So how do you do this? Okay. Folks, this is this is right here. This is within your grasp. You can start talking to all of your representatives in your whether it's assembly or legislator. Uh, you can talk with all of your senators in your state level. You can start sending this out. I've got, matter of fact, my state senator uh, that we're in a third legislative session. I've got a call with him later this week. I'm going to be telling about what's happening with Facebook. I'm going to be talking about it's something that I'd like to see if we can get into the third legislative agenda and not have to have a fourth. Okay. But these are things that you can do to start taking back some control because we all know this is a problem, okay? You can't get your voice out. You can't be heard, and they're trying to quash you. I've just given you a tool to take some of that back, okay? So keep in mind, this is the first tool we're talking about right here, okay? Compliance through regulation as a public utility. Your states have a right to do that. If the, if the feds don't like it, then they've got to come in and do something. Put them in a box, force them to do something. Here's the other thing that your states can do. And this one's got some teeth to it, okay? Consumer and Privacy Acts. Now, four states that I know of uh, require Privacy Acts. Well, actually three, California, Colorado, and Virginia. Texas has added one. There's several other states. Not every state has it. Uh, Some states have teeth to it. Some states don't. Okay. Now, there's a difference between a consumer act and a privacy act. Some will combine them. But basically what they're designed to do is govern your right for anything that you're using on online content. They're really geared for that to have your access of content, if portable, if you want it to, if you want to delete your personal content, if you want to opt out of personal information. Okay. Okay. That's what they are now. And some of these are getting a little more teeth to them. Now you might go, well, Darren, what's, what's the, what, what difference does that mean? If your state, like for example, this morning when Twitter said they're going to permanently suspend me, I did the appeal. They sent me an email. I said, by the way, I'm a resident of the state of Texas. Uh, we do have these laws in place. If you touch my site, I'm going to, we're going to do bad things legally. Well, right now you can still go to my Twitter site. It's there. It's got my zero followers and blah, blah, blah but they can't do anything. That's my data. Okay. Unless I delete that account, that thing's going to be there into perpetuity, which I'm probably going to leave it there as just a monument to Jack's insanity. 
The point is they can really make these things where it costs them some money. Let me give you some specific examples. And why the reason I'm coming to this, this is something if your state has not done, you need to be contacting your representatives, your senators, messages to your governor. This is something state is more local. Okay. You have an impact there. You could be a part of that machine and get them to regulate. I want them to basically do some tweaks in Texas to follow what's called the GDPR, which is the the privacy system is the it's the the data privacy system they have for the EU because they put some teeth into the stuff. Okay, now in Texas, let me see here. Let me pull up. We do happen to have uh, with the stuff that we've done. Let me see here. Let me copy, and I should open this up already. We do have some teeth with the laws that we went out, and both of these just came out mm, year year and a half ago. Okay, with the Texas, what we call the Consumer Privacy Act, if they do violations, and here's what it has under Texas. Again, I'm, I'm focused on Texas because I'm from Texas. It says the right to request disclosure of the personal business information that the businesses are collecting, including source, purpose, and how it's being shared, the right to have it deleted, the right to know if it's been sold, to whom it's been sold, and to be able to opt out, the requirement of the businesses to close the type and purpose being collected. Now, there's some base levels of membership and revenues that they have to have. Obviously, Twitter and Facebook both fall into this category. Okay. If you don't comply, uh, it's a penalty of $2,500 per violation and can go up to as much as $7,500. That's on the Consumer Privacy. The Texas Privacy Act does a little bit more regards to protection of data consent on processing data, development and information of data security, okay, and ceasing to personally identify collection processing when an individual closes his or hers account. This one can have a penalty of $10,000 up to a maximum of a million, okay? It's important that they have a privacy policy because if these folks violate the privacy policies, they can be Fine. Now, well, the reason I say let's take it to a, what they call a European style, what the Europeans do is they basically they want lawfulness, fairness and transparency, purposeful limitation. They want data minimalization of how it's mined and used. They want accuracy, storage limitations, which means they have to purge. OK, integrity and confidential confidentiality. Say that three times fast and accountability. And in their case, they get serious on some of this stuff, okay? Now, Facebook has got some serious potential payouts right now under GDPR in Europe. One in uh, for Ireland, they've got a potential compliance uh, bill of about $366 million. Oh, yeah. That was in 2019. It's not been settled yet. Uh, then last year, according to the Wall Street Journal, their WhatsApp, which is also part of Facebook, okay, is potentially facing a $270 million for privacy violations. Folks, that's over $600 million. I don't care who you are or how rich you are. You do enough of those, that's going to get your, your penalties. I know for a fact that the tech giants hate GDPR, Okay. So if your states adopt a GDPR style of privacy policy and the same type 
of penalties, it will get their attention. Now, I'm not saying this is going to eliminate the issues we talked about in the first segment. I'm saying this is another tool that your states can use to absolutely take a hammer to their knuckles when they get out of line. Last week, Facebook, WhatsApp, and some other stuff, they went dark for a day. I'm not going to get into all that nonsense of what was it, but there's a lot of suspicion it was to go clean up and hide data. If that happened over in Europe and they violated anything, they're going to get, they're just going to have the snot find out of them. Okay. So this is something, this is another tool that the state has to regulate tech. They can regulate tech. So get them as a utility, make sure they're not violating privacy. And when they do absolutely just find the living daylights out of them. And these big tech companies will change their ways. And you have the tools in your political tool belt, your activist tool belt, to contact your state reps, your state senators, and your governor. Okay? Now, your state reps and your state senators, if you don't know them personally or you don't know their key staff members, you need to take the time to do that because they're the key to getting what you need in front of that agenda to get that going. Okay. So that's two very useful tools I've given you to put in your tool belt. And we're only halfway through the show. When we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into how to smack woke America around at the state level and stop some of this nonsense that's going on right now. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast. I'm Darren Yancey. Don't go away. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to The Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to The Information Edge podcast. And today, we're talking about how you can have your state Take back some power. Now, I've been talking a lot about Texas and Florida. They've been leading. Um, They're not the only Republican-controlled states out here. By the way, one of the easiest things when we're talking about this, and I need to throw this in there, is when you're making these calls, you also need to check what's called the Convention of States website. Is your state signed up for the Convention of States? It takes 36 states, excuse me, 34 and yeah, there's going to take some blue states, but what? there's blue states out there willing to do this because there's actually some some what I would call purple states that recognize there's problems with the federal government. The red states are the problem. We don't have enough red states committed to a convention of states, and it's not a constitutional convention. I keep having people, the John Birch Society puts it out there. The Eagle Forum puts it out there. It's a constitutional convention, and we're just, we, we're not going to go in there and do that. Well, first off, if we wanted to do that, we can, okay, if enough states wanted to do that. But that's not what it is. A convention of states is taking away power from Congress to be sure that laws get passed. If you want to make changes to the Constitution, you still have to follow the same protocol. It must be passed, and it must go back to the states for ratification. So it's not a constitutional convention, you morons, okay? Get your states involved in the Convention of States. It's another way to take back power from the feds and give back to the people. Now, we've covered two ways for you to do things with your state right now. We've talked about getting these tech giants regulated as a utility. We've talked about privacy policies okay, that are designed to have some teeth to it, and again, You'll be able to download this replay if you need to send it to your state senator, your governor, whatever, because this is something that needs to happen. Now, let's talk about woke corporations, and we all know who they are. They're the ones that want a virtue signal uh, but when the left comes out and screams this or screams that, and they go, oh, it's, we're, we're, we're there with you. Just, <laughs> we just have the same feelings. We just don't know how to communicate it effectively. And they come out and they do stupid stuff, and they piss off. 60% of the country. Well, let me tell you how you're going to stop that. You see, states, well, they sell a lot of uh, money, okay? They issue equities. They issue debt, municipal bonds. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay? They spend a lot of money. They, If, for example, teachers, every state has their own teacher's retirement fund. Those funds have to do business in a certain manner. They have to basically invest, okay? Well, the first thing you've got to do is to be sure, is your state perpetuating business with those that are violating your rights? Back when January 6th came out, representatives within the state of Florida said, you know what? 
as well as Governor DeSantis said, you know what? We don't need to be doing business with formats that want to, A, steal our liberties and B, condemn those falsely um, of accusations and want to pun- basically you know, punish them. Do you know that Florida was only followed by Texas? And, and there was some knee dragging on that, I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. There's other states out there that if you're contacting, again, your reps, your senators, your governor, wear them out. They can enact laws that prohibit the investment of state monies with people that violate your rights or that discriminate. And sometimes that's one and the same, but sometimes it's not. Okay. Bottom line is it can be done. Let me give you a recent great big fat, for instance, of what my state, Texas did. Now, I've been, look, I've been critical of Governor Abbott. I was an appointee for a while. I stepped down uh, this year because of a number of reasons. And I'm going to do a separate show for that. I'm not going to do it while my state's in legislative session. But he's done just enough to keep people happy. I think there's a lot more he could do. And the fact that he's being challenged, I think it's going to pour on the heat and hopefully makes him a better governor. But let me tell you about one of the things he did get right. And when he gets it right, I'm going to pat him on the back. Texas, in the last legislative session, came out and passed uh, a bill that basically said if you because he one of the things they'd like in Texas is more manufacturing and specifically more weapons manufacturing. Okay, and effectively, they passed a law that if you discriminate in any manner against the firearm sector, you don't get to do business with the state of Texas, i.e. the state agencies. Okay. Guess J.P. Morgan missed that little nugget. Because J.P. Morgan, in their virtue signaling, came out and said, well, we're not going to be doing business with anyone that uh, makes weapons or makes ammo or sells guns. Just yeah, blah, 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 blah. Vomit and diarrhea of the mouth and all that crap that comes up. First off, um, you have a right to bear arms. That's a constitutional right. It's a legal business. And for any company to discriminate against a legal business because certain parts of the society frown upon it, it's not right. And you can say, hey, it's a class that we just don't, we don't underwrite. It's something we've never underwrite. We don't, we're not good at it. But just to come out and virtue signal, mm, you do guns, eh, nah, we're not going to do that anymore. Well, when they did it with Texas, Texas says, not a problem. Guess what? You don't have access to our municipal bond market anymore to sell to us. And JP Morgan basically, just vomited all over themselves. <laughs> what do you mean? We don't have access. <laughs> now, let me under- make sure you understand behind the state of California, Texas is number two in issuing these type of uh, these type of instruments. I want to say it's like a $58 billion market in Texas. JP Morgan in 2020 made over $3.6 billion from the state of Texas and instruments through the state. Billion with the B. That's right. That's right. Now, let me tell you something. I happen to know because we haven't had an FFL. We've been trying to get some manufacturing going. We've been in a lot of R&D. We're at that point. I know of two other institutions that also don't like firearms businesses. One of them is called Bank of America, and the other is called Wells Fargo. 
And unless there's been a recent policy change, they should be blackballed as well. Now, this is one state taking a $3.6 billion bite out of J.P. Morgan's butt. And I promise you they're smarting. I don't think they're going to virtue signal for long. And the message is you can make a change. If you've got preferred industries that need to be protected, and the Second Amendment's one of them, and there's a whole lot more that you want to get behind as conservatives, your state needs to be protecting those industries from unscrupulous companies that want to come in and profit under the table. They want to take that money doing the business with the state. Oh, hell, money, 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 money. And at the same time, they want to bash it with the other hand to have to pacify liberals. You don't get to have it both ways. If every Republican-controlled state had the same policy that Texas has, I promise you this would stop tomorrow. We outnumber the other states. We have a greater population. And guess what? We spend a lot of money in these industries. J.P. Morgan made a $3.6 billion mistake. Billion. Don't tell me Jamie, Jamie Dimon is not just sweating bullets going, how am I going to report this? How, how am I going to explain the stockholders that because I went politically stupid, I cost us $3.6 billion? But think about that. Just think of how stupid that decision was. But it's a powerful message coming from the state. Now, it can also, you got to be careful when you put these laws out because you can have unintended consequences. Now, I'm going to take you to the state of California, okay? We all know what's happening with the ports right now. Yes, you've got ports backed up. A lot of it was getting the world back up to production speed. We've had the feds putting just gobs of money out there that people want to spend. It's all hit at once. And there's a problem. There's not enough logistics to handle it all. Okay. And I've said, well, why didn't you get the national guardian? I'm not saying that's a bad idea. Uh, you're going to have a union fight with the dock workers, but Hey, if you want to get them in, get them in to get them through, you still have a problem. If you get them all off the ships, you don't have enough trucks to move it all. And you know why California doesn't have enough trucks? Cause they passed a law a couple of years ago called AB five. And when they passed AB5, what they basically did is they forced people in the trucking business to determine whether someone had been an independent contractor or now if they're going to be an employee. And under that, their, the way they had their prong test, most weren't going to be qualified as independent contractors and they were going to have to be employees. And guess what? They didn't want a bunch of employees because what do they got to do? They got to pay taxes on that unemployment tax. They got to pay FICA. They got to pay benefits. They had costs that they didn't want to incur. You've also got the California Air Resources Board, which has a difficulty in how allowing certain trucks to come inside there. So ultimately, what happened is between the California Air Resources Board laws and between AB5, California basically cut its head off with the ability to have truckers come in to move goods and services. The problem is the Port of Los Angeles is one of the largest ports in the globe. Okay. It doesn't just provide California. With products, it provides a lot of people with products. That's why it's important that you watch the legislative items that come out from states like California, New York, Texas, Florida. Those are bellwether states. And when those laws come out, they can impact not only other states that pop up and say, I want to be a me too, but have a potential 
national impact. There's this thing called the PRO Act. I've talked about it on prior shows. The PRO Act is the federal law that is basically mimicking the AB5 law of California. It is in the reconciliation bill, by the way, folks. Okay. And if they pass that, you see what is happening with California because they don't have enough truckers coming in. And until they find an exemption there, that's going to continue to be a problem on the California coast. You can solve the problems in other areas that don't have it, but California, you're not going to get truckers in there if they can't come in and make money. So all those all those guys that got fired, they've got to come back in as independent their own independence through their own authorities, and it's got to be worthwhile to them. Unintended consequences. So you want to be sure when you're having your state do these laws, you got to think through them. Gun laws, this isn't going to be a problem. J.P. Morgan will change their policy, and they'll come back, and they'll want to get that money, I promise you. They're too greedy, okay, as is any other bank. But it's an example, a very specific example of what can be done when your state puts its authority to use. And that's what the message of today is about. All right, folks, we're up against another hard break. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast. I'm Darren Yancey. I'm going to take a quick break. Pay a few bills. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to The Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to the final segment of The Information Edge. I'm not going to be able to finish everything today because, unfortunately, I'm a blabbermouth. But I want to get into a um, last section, and I want to talk about some people that you need to contact with the upcoming reconcil- reconciliation bill. Let's talk about vax mandates for a second. Uh, first off, a mandate is not a law, okay? It's a decree. It's they're wanting to go through. If you actually look at the White House, there's not an executive order on it yet, 
Okay. Uh, your states can come out with laws that contra- that basically say, no, we're not going to do this. And there's other tools called nullification, which is a way to react. If you have one executive order against the other, the federal is going to trump out. Um, you're having a little bit of that happen right now in Florida and Texas. Florida came out real fast and, hey, we're not going to do it. They're trying to get laws. Abbott just came out and said, we're not going to let you have vax mandates. The problem is he's waited about a month, a little late. But Texas is going to be different in that they are going to have it codified into law, I think, very quick. And once that happens to go through. But there's some things you need to understand when you're contacting your state. You know, some of this stuff, when you, when you got just stupid executive orders coming out of Washington, sometimes your governor is going to have to do a knee, knee jerk response to it at an executive order and then go back and make it law. Executive order, executive order, you know, there's some of these companies we've got here in Texas, they're going to go, eh, we're going to go with Biden for right now. But if it becomes law in the state of Texas, and I can tell you it will become law. It's It's been put on the special agenda and there's enough votes there to get it done. And from everything I'm hearing out of Austin, they're going to do it. They should have done it in the regular session and they had a chance because right now the grassroots is burning on them. And this is something you can do with your state. Have them pass anti-mandate, anti-mask laws where you have your rights, okay? But understand, a mandate by itself, it's, it's, it's not a law. It's, it's, it's a desire, okay? And there's some, there's some things that you need to also understand um, in addition to what your state can do. You've got rights to basically say no and take some power, okay? Number one, the federal government, <laughs> they have no authority to issue, make you issue a mandate and go through with it. It's, it's a violation of your 14th Amendment rights. It's also a violation of HIPAA law. Okay. Don't know if many of you know this, but there was a law that was passed under Bill Clinton. It's actually a law. Okay. It's called the Health Insurance Portability Act. Okay. It's a privacy rule. And it basically gives you the right over your health information and sets rules and limits on who can look at it, who can receive it. Okay, so, for example, if 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 you are currently employed and now a employer wants you to they want to mandate a vaccine. Well, see, that's that's a problem, because, number one, when you hired on, it was not a condition of employment. So they're now having to change the condition of employment to do that. They don't have a legal right to do that unless you concur with that. And if they use it as a reason to terminate you, then you've got legal remedies against them. But. Mr. Biden's mandate violates HIPAA because if you go get it, whether or not you get it, it's not your employer's business under HIPAA rules. I don't know if Biden really understood that when he made that executive order. HIPAA's been out there since 1996. Okay. It's a federal law that requires security for health information. You could actually go in and they say, well, did you get, uh, did you get, you know, your vaccine and you could go, yeah. And they could go, well, we need to see copy of it. Really? Under, under what law? Cause according to HIPAA, I don't have to share it with you. Oh, what are they going to do? If you go in and tell them, yeah, I'm vaccinated. We need to see a copy of it. Can't do that. You didn't ask me for my measles, mumps, rubella. Anything else? You don't ask me if I go get a flu shot. That's 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 private under HIPAA. That's existing law. The president doesn't exceed existing law. That's another tool. 
in your toolbox. Now, I've had several, I've already had several emails come in and talking about, okay, if we do these things, if we get these battles of states versus the feds, uh, we all know about what's called the supremacy clause. And then the supremacy clause, aren't they going to win out? Okay, let's review what the supremacy clause is and let's read it so that we understand it. And for those of you that have your pocket constitutions, I suggest you always have one, refer to it. It's Article 6, Paragraph 2 of the U.S. Constitution. It prohibits states from interfering with the federal government's exercise of its constitutional powers. And those are key words right there, okay? Constitutional powers, because if they're trying to do something that is outside the realms of the Constitution, there is no supremacy clause here. Let me give you some great big fat, for instance. H.R. 1, which was the swamp rat, which they got killed and they've tried to resurrect it as H.R. 4. Those are trying to federalize the election process, take it away from the states, which is clearly covered in the Constitution as a state's right. Well, to do that, they have to have ratification within the states. That requires two-thirds of the states. It's not going to happen. Okay? So if they passed it, it's not supreme because they violated the Constitution. And they have to be reminded of this. And that's where you come in. So I've given you a lot of tools today. There's a little few more, but we're just simply out of time. Now we need to talk about the reconciliation bill for just a moment. I'm not, I, I had Mac Morse on last week. You can go back and get the download. This thing is just chock full, of just garbage after garbage after garbage. If you want to see a nationwide backup of goods and services like you've never seen before, um, let them pass the PRO Act inside that. Let them, they're trying to federalize mandate, uh, the, the VAX mandates, okay, and make it actual law. If they do that, you're seeing people quit in droves. That's not going to stop, okay? So, is there somebody you could actually contact on the Democrat side that might vote against this? And I think the answer is yes, because Max said there were several Democratic representatives that were not on board with the Reconciliation Act. Okay. Who might they be? If you go to the Information Edge website, go to my February blog, and that was the one I had out there, or excuse me, the March blog, HR1 for the Swamp. There's a link I have in that says NRCC announces 47 target seats for 2022. Now, the reason they announce those seats is they feel those are people that are in districts that have problems. Okay. Uh, it could be districts that Joe Biden didn't win, but the representative did. Or it could be districts that they see competitive, whatever it is, their stuff. Okay. There's a lot of people in those 47 districts. I'm going to tell you two that I think right now you could actually three that I know in my state. If you contact them and, and now understand, I, and I hate to have to say this, but I do because sometimes people get out of line. Anytime we have you contact someone in an elected office, whether it's through email, whether it's through phone, whether it's you put it through the website, however you do it. Okay. Be of utmost respect to them. Talk to them, don't talk at them, and plead your point. Okay? Numbers speak volumes, but you're going to catch more flies with sugar than you are salt. Don't try to blow them out of the water. But let me give you three in Texas I know. Texas 7, Lizzie Fletcher down in Houston, she's, a, she, she's in danger, and she knows it. 
Vincente Gonzalez down in the south. The south of Texas is changing right now. It may be Hispanic, but it is not liberal. He's in trouble. He's someone that could be contacted. Texas 28, Henry Cuellar. Henry's actually an old blue dog Democrat. He's pretty conservative. And he's someone that I think is a possibility. Those are three right there. Let's talk about some other states that I think uh, are, are very much up there. Uh, I think if you go up to Oregon, Oregon 5, Kurt Schrader, uh, there was some stuff earlier than the year that he didn't want to go to. Pennsylvania 17, Connor Lamb. He is going to be in a fight for his life, and, and he he's waffled on some of the stuff. Those are some names, but there's there's a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Florida, for example, Charlie Crist. Guy used to be a Republican. He's actually running for for trying to run for governor, or and it's just ridiculous. But there's a bunch on that list, on that NRCC 47 list that you can go in. We know who the Democrats are on the Senate side that you have to, as Kristen Cinnamon, uh, Cinema, excuse me, and Joe Manchin. Okay, and and right now they're saving the country in certain areas. You may not agree with all of them, but you need to show them appreciation. But there's some stuff that can actually be stopped and keep it from going from the House to the Senate. I think these 47 representatives, I think there's five or six votes in there. And if you can put five or six votes with the Republicans turning it down, this stuff can be stopped. And you've regained a portion of your control. You see, I think a lot of these folks that are in these conservative districts or in the middle, they know that they've got to live in America too. And I don't think they really want to see it destroyed. I don't think the Democrat party is as loony as the leadership, but we have to find the ones with courage inside it to stand up and make the differences. I think this is the list that you go from. So again, go to the blog site, go to the March blog, HR1 for the Swamp, go down to where it says NRCC has 47. You can hit that link and it brings it up and you can see, again, send emails, make calls, go in, put inquiries, be respectful, be polite, but press your point, okay? You see, if several million do that, it gets their attention. And folks, we're out of time today. I hope you've enjoyed the message. I always enjoy delivering it because the job is to be educational, be informative, hopefully be a little entertaining and put it all together. And we put something that is unique, always fresh. It's never faked. Until next week, this is Darren Yancey. You've been listening to the Information Edge podcast. Be safe. Go get some sun on your face. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Information Edge. Please join your host, Darren Yancey, again next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have more to share then.